0: the psychic stories podcast encouraging conversations about mental health today i'm speaking to john tons john is passionate about emotional and mental health and loves helping people understand who they truly are john welcome
1: thank you thanks for having me matt how are you going on um, good. I'm actually pretty happy at the moment because I'm down in Cornwall, locked down. I don't live here, but I've been down here since Christmas on an extended lockdown break. So Aww. I've got the view of the sea, I've got a couple of my family members. So I'm definitely taking some time out, which is good.
0: You are. And also making all the other listeners very jealous.
1: I know yeah I've been particularly <laughs> quiet on social media because I just feel bad admitting that I'm here even so i am keeping quiet but also
0: but also at the at the end of the day if like you say that's where you're from and and you're there take advantage
1: of it right no well I am I'm past i had pasty for lunch today oh. i saw the sea i'm happy sounds like a tree
0: <laughs> so um john the goal today is to have an open and honest conversation about your mental health journey to get some insight into the tools techniques that have helped you and are available and accessible to other people And by discussing your journey we hope to share and normalize conversations about mental health as often people are not alone in these experiences that sound good mm. sounds great yes cool and now to the big question john toms who are you or just tell us about your mental health journey
1: Yes. Yeah, thanks. Well, thank, yeah, thanks again for having me on. Um, I am definitely on that journey of who am I, like something I find really, really important in life and haven't always been aware of this, but the importance of who I am over what I do, like what I do can be important as well. But I really believe that who we are is really, really important. And discovering who I am has been really important for finding Mm. out what I want to do. Mm. So I think my journey has definitely been a journey of self-discovery and really learning to actually love who I am. And I think I didn't really realize until my kind of early twenties that I actually had to engage with myself. I'm going to spend a lot of time with myself Um, possibly like 80 (laughs) 90 years however long I'm gonna live and I've got to get on with this person I've got to actually like this person Mm -hmm. and um, I actually grew up in Cornwall I don't live there now but growing up um, it's funny being down here now actually because I'm getting a lot of triggering memories of like my teenage years down Mm -hmm. here were insecure, very underconfident. Didn't do great at college. Like all these kind of very lacking self worth. Like all these kind of really negative um, connotations with yeah. where I grew up. Even though it's a beautiful place, it's very triggering emotionally to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my yeah my story's definitely been a story of embracing who I am, letting go of things that I'm not anymore. I'm really stepping into the more kind of like a deeper confidence and a deeper mm-hmm. security of who I am as a man.
0: And it's interesting because, like, you've got, like you said, it, like you're, you're trying to embrace who you are. Like, when you mm. come out of school, college, you know, whatever's happening, like, it's not about who you are. It's about what you're about yeah. to do. There's a lot of emphasis on what yeah. you do. And whilst that mm. is important, like, I think you are what you've done in the past. Yeah, It doesn't necessarily, what you do in the future, what you say you do isn't necessarily who you are. And I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: having, like you said, that reconciliation between who you know you are, who you actually are, against who you say you are and what you and what you actually do is a really important yeah. reconciliation to have. Like you said, people talk about authenticity, originality, like to have that reconciliation from outside to in is so important. It sounds like you've mm-hmm. been on that journey and that's mm-hmm. what at one stage you that you, that, that wasn't reconciled. And I, I'd love to hear a bit more about like what did it feel like when you weren't reconciled? Like do you feel you were you quite lost?
1: Yeah. Yeah absolutely I think it's funny because I because some of my family members are like oh we would especially my nans they always would say we were really worried about you when you were younger you were very underconfident like we were we never thought you were quite gonna like make it through life almost I don't know what they quite meant by that but I was like what do you think (laughs) it's gonna die of underconfidence? Thanks nan. Yeah thanks nan (laughs) Um, but I don't think they would believe what I do now because I do a lot of public speaking I love public speaking I do podcasts Mm. like I enjoy these sorts of things because I've grown in confidence but if they were to If I was to be told that when I was kind of 14, 15, 16, Mm. 17, even like into my early 20s, maybe that would not have crossed my mind at all, just because Mm. I did not have the confidence of who I was. So the only reasons I can do these things now is because I've stepped into a certain level of assurance of knowing that I'm enough. And I think a lot of it comes back to that question, am I actually enough? Um, And I still have to question myself today. Like Mm. to this point, I still get hit with that every now and again. And with this pandemic hitting and kind of stepping into uncertainty again, I'm getting asked that again. I'm having to go back to the core of who I am and be like, John, are you actually enough? Like, do you Mm. actually match up? Do you have what it takes? All these questions keep coming at me. So I've realised those questions aren't going to go away. So what you really need to make sure is that you have a strong core, you have a strong foundation. And when you do get asked those questions, you can respond with a loving response
0: and do you find do you find like so when you were younger like did you have these questions because it certainly seems like you've gone through a process you've gone inside and and these questions yeah. have either emerge or you've asked yourself them and looking for like answers yeah. like when you were let's say they said 13 14 15 and, and you were lacking in confidence were those questions still there or was there a certain moment where you were like right john i've gotta i've gotta start looking inside something's not quite right and i don't want to go on for the next 60 years like this
1: yeah that's a really really good question because. Even as you asking it, I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I don't think I was at all self-aware and I don't think you are massively self-aware at that age. And I think the hard thing at that age, all you really care about is being accepted in your friendship group. You just want to have friends. You just want to be cool. You just want to be enough i guess but you don't know what enough is because you don't really have the emotional intelligence for it at that age or the self-awareness mm-hmm. so i think honestly speaking i probably had too much shame around it to really connect with my heart about who i was anyway not didn't have the self-awareness didn't have the emotional intelligence and didn't really know that i had to make powerful decisions myself i thought i was just a leaf in the wind and i would just blow my blow through life and everything would be okay It wasn't until I got older, I was like, oh, I actually get to choose what kind of life I lead. I'm not a victim to my life. I'm not a victim to this kind of powerless emotion that I'm feeling. Um, So honestly, at that age, I just think I was completely oblivious to me being able to change how I feel about myself. So great question. I don't know whether that answered it, but that's definitely how Mm -hmm. I felt
0: yeah no understood and but i think like but at what stage did you start mm. to gain that yeah. self-awareness or, or 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 realize that because like you said like that i think that that analogy is brilliant that leaf in the wind I, I think that's, yeah. that, that's how a lot of people feel and maybe feel mm-hmm. in, into their 30s 40s 50s they're still feeling yeah. like that leaf in the wind like and i think there's that choice choice do you want to mm-hmm. be the leaf or do you want to be the tree yeah exactly you know like what i mean so, so so what happened to you like what what what, yeah. what gave you that self-awareness
1: yeah, I would say another great question. Do you know what? I love getting asked great questions, by the way, and you're throwing <laughs> you're, some good ones this way. You're very kind. <laughs> I'm just interested. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. Um, for me, it was probably around the age of 20 to yeah it was it was at my brother I remember it was at my brother's wedding and I was sat next to someone and they and again they probably asked me a great question and I just thought like what am I actually doing with my life like I was going out drinking a lot and just um I was doing that to cover up and to mask for the fact that I wasn't confident in who I was so I was like I don't really have much connection with these people that I'm drinking with like I'm just not confident enough to actually be myself so I actually moved from Cornwall to London at that point um and so I was what twenty one. So I think that was the age where I was like, I don't know who I am. Like I need to go on a journey of self discovery and I need to leave the kind of family home and step out and actually become an adult. So I think it was that kind of break away from home, and that break away from living in this kind of, um, yeah, place of uncertainty and stepping out into a place where I was like, I need to discover who I am and. Th- one of the most important things was being around other people and that's why I'm really passionate about kind of teaching on healthy community now like get around the right people get around the people that are going to call out your bad stuff but also call out your good stuff and call out the gold within you and get around people that will call you to a higher standard because I started to be around people that were encouraging me and they were telling me things that I didn't believe about myself I was like oh I didn't know that's who I was but they were speaking this kind of life and this encouragement over me and I was like, wow, I don't believe that, but I want to believe that. So I'm going to work really hard to believe it. So probably in my early 20s, I really started to go on that journey of self-discovery. And it looked like looking within, but also looking outside, like who's around me? Like, who can I get around me that's already further on on this journey? And I had multiple people around me that were further on in that journey, kind of friendships, mentors, leaders, Mm. um, people I worked with, and just hung around those types of people that were powerful and that were emotionally intelligent and that were invested in me as a person. Mm. Um, So I think that's when I first started really, yeah, delving into the fact that I was powerful over my own growth. Mm. um, And yeah, I was able to kind of step into a whole new kind of part of who I was. Um, and in my mid 20s, I went over to California for three years. So I lived in California for three years. I was at a personal development school out there. My faith is Christian. So it was a Christian based uh, faith school, mm-hmm. um, but really kind of focused on personal development. So I really that was that was intense. That was a lot of like inner work, inner healing, um, a personal development, but but amazing as well. So really kind of grew in my mid early to mid-20s, I'm still growing
0: now, I'm 31 now. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like the most incredible, like, turnaround, like, from your perspective, like, and and it's, and did did you have a goal in mind, like, or or did you just have this feeling that you knew you had to effectively be on this path and this journey, like, and the fact that, or were there multiple journeys spread out in front of you, and you you saw a few of them, and you're like, if I go down what I'm currently, if I currently behave and think how I currently do then i can see 20 30 20 30 40 years down the line and i'm not actually necessarily Mm -hmm. happy with that because it seems like what you were doing in some respects we're trying to design almost like redesign who you were and say actually i want to i want to put these core elements into my life and once Mm -hmm. i've got those elements i will trust because you can't be certain i will trust that those elements will lead to 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 things that i know will be empowering for myself
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah I think I think I think one of my main goals in life is really simple it's like love and be loved like make sure you can receive love and make sure you you're really good at giving love because I genuinely believe like the hope for this world is is each other and the love that we carry within and sometimes that can sound really cheesy and cliche but it's not like the only thing that's going to get us through every single day is being unconditionally loved and connection and human connection like the reason this pandemic is so hard yes there's lots of people dying but the reason it's so hard for most of us that are um that in it because we're being disconnected like the very thing we were created to do has been taken away from us which was connection like we were created to connect with one another on like a relational level and we're, we're having that taken away from us so that's really really hard for our minds to compute that's why so many people are having anxiety and falling into depression like our minds weren't designed to be disconnected they were designed to be connected like the way our minds fire up in conversations like this for example is crazy if you were to look into the mind and if you were to delve into that it's wild what happens to our mind when we connect with one another so when that's taken away it's not fun like it's mm. and that's why we're struggling it's really really hard right now to go through this pandemic so my my passion and my goal in life is to be the most connected to myself the most connected to god yeah. and the most connected to those around me and that's what yeah. i'm really passionate about is basically how can i teach people to connect with one another but really connect with themselves as well because a lot of my story was disconnection from myself. So I only cared about the people around me. I thought my whole role in my twenties was to love everyone around me, serve everyone, counsel everyone. I was always the person that people would come to, but that's cause I was presenting myself in that way. So I very much opened the doors and said, yeah, come to me, like abuse my time. That's absolutely fine. And they weren't doing that. I was doing that cause I had no boundaries. Mm. So. I had to go on the journey of loving myself. I was really good at loving other people, but I disregarded myself because I was willing to kind of put all my needs to one side Mm. for for someone else, which is great sometimes, like it's good to be selfless, but to do it with boundaries will give you longevity. Um, So yeah, I guess that's my, that's my goal. To love and be loved <laughs> which i to, to be honest is a is a i, I say it's the most the
0: admirable goal you can have right like if you yeah. could achieve if you could get you know, i always talk about this this idea of deathbed thinking if i can lie on my deathbed and you know yeah. you know taking your goal if i was to think that i'm i i have loved and i am loved i mean mm. That's awesome, right? No, I think there was a. I was I, I was on a train. I was on a train once. I think I was going to like some some football rugby game, and there was a guy that and I'll never forget it. Put a pearl pearl of wisdom from probably uh, actually probably going to see Watford up, up where you are, yeah. and um, he said he said, no one wants to be the richest guy in the graveyard. And I look and I kind of like I was I kind of, I took my earphone out and I was like that's honestly that's the most, yeah, wise Buddhist thing I've heard in probably the last 10 years and that's through my journey of self-awareness and it makes you really think it's actually a lot of stuff we do which is focused on on material things and something Mm -hmm. that this this pandemic has shown is that actually we can do without a lot a lot of these and actually like deathbed thinking do you want to be loved and you know and be loved but then at the same time do you want to be someone who doesn't love and the wealthiest guy in the graveyard. And you're kind of like, well, actually, like to me, that's mm. a, a really a really easy choice. Right. Cause it, it puts that Absolutely. thing about I'm I'm accumulating stuff but doesn't have any emotional connection to that stuff compared to actually having some really rich, and that's the what the exact word you want to use, the mm. rich connections with people. Mm. And thing you say during this pandemic, like having these conversations is, you know, are awesome. Like I, you know, you know I'm privileged to be speaking to you about this and it does fire you up. But a Zoom call is, isn't the same, is it? It's not the same no. as meeting up with your mates. There's so yeah. much you miss out on. So whilst I t- certainly agree this is this is a this is good enough, but it's certainly not the aspiration. And you know, I'm certainly looking forward to in six months, nine months time, when we can start to get back and hopefully with a bit more self awareness of ourselves. And something I wanted to ask was, mm. with actually in, in, in similar parallels to my to my life with around around your faith. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a religious person myself. However, I grew up initially in a non religious household, which very quickly mm-hmm. became religious. So I became, okay. saw both sides,
1: yeah.
0: uh, made my choice. Um, but from your perspective, like, I'd love to understand how faith played that part. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, for, for, for something that I certainly know is that the questions that I was asking when I was 10, 11, 12, you know, who am I, what am I doing, like, they actually my mum had no answers so she actually went yeah. to church to find them and i know oh. that church and faith and whatever religion you are synagogue muslim it's they provide a framework for those answers and they've been thought mm. out over thousands of years and i'll be interested to hear about your experience of that
1: yeah yeah great um so yeah i think my faith's obviously hugely important so i grew up in a faith household as well and my parents um i kind of grew up going to church and it was very much when i was younger it was very much it felt like a almost duty and a religion um whereas when i left the home and going into my kind of adult years and me understanding what it really looks like um to have christian faith is to really be in relationship with this god like which is really difficult for people to get their head around because it's not something you can see but god to me represents everything that i think the world needs which is unconditional love so so talking about being loved and loving earlier, the only reason I can do that, I believe, is because I have access to unconditional love every day. So because of my relationship with God and I don't step into kind of the religion side of Christianity, I think that's the side that's really damaged um, people in the church, outside the church. And anyone listening that's been hurt by the church, I'm genuinely sorry by, by that. And I'm sorry for that. And I'm sorry that you. Yeah, I've heard what the church is against rather than for because the church is actually for some really incredible things, but there's also some incredibly broken people like anywhere in the church. And yeah, I take responsibility for that. And it's hard seeing how many people have been hurt by the church when it's supposed to be something that's all loving and unconditionally loving. So, yeah, for me, God represents unconditional love. So every single day I wake up knowing that I'm unconditionally loved by God. So I don't have to go searching for that in material things. I don't have to go searching for that in my purpose. I don't have to go searching for that anywhere else but mm-hmm. him. So and I'm not saying I live a perfect life because of that. I don't believe that every day. Like sometimes I wake up and I don't believe that and I have to really push in. And even today, actually, I was just voice noting my friend and he was reminding me of something. Um, like a scripture in the bible about peace and i was like yes i've like totally forgotten about accessing peace like through god um Mm -hmm. and i think he represents all these things that we struggle to find in life sometimes so i think for me i've always kind of got that unconditionally loving father like Mm -hmm. because he's known as father as well in our faith um which is incredible because our relationships on earth are not perfect they're far from perfect Mm -hmm. um so i think for me it represents something steady and steadfast like through this whole pandemic my, my view of God hasn't changed, like he hasn't changed, he's still kind of steadfast, when everything around me is like crumbling, he's been steadfast, so yeah, it kind of, it it, it fuels me, it fuels what I do, Um, my, my whole purpose, like I believe that I'm walk in, in god's plan for my life like it kind of fuels everything that i do so mm. it's it's important to me
0: and and i can i can really see that mm. and, and actually th- i think thinking about it from 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 someone like myself who doesn't necessarily have mm. that relationship that relationship with a god is i can see how i can see how that would that would achieve every morning waking up and have some inner peace yeah and a big effectively a big sigh of relief say do you know what mm. i'm trusting everything's going to be okay if yeah. I go out and be an honest person, etc., cetera, et cetera, and the, the person I want to be, I will follow that plan, and and like I said, like you know, I think I think there's a huge is a huge aspect you know and uh, such power to to faith mm. um and it doesn't necessarily need to be christianity It could be uh, judaism sikhism uh, it could be buddhism there's a, yep. a lot of options but i do think that if something when we talk about mental health and we- mental well-being i do i do think faith p- can play a big part and th- that faith doesn't necessarily be a- affiliated with any form of religion but taking those principles and I certainly i went through a journey of, of of looking at many different faiths and say mm. okay which one do i fit with you know much like a political party who are you going to vote for which one do I fit and I realize actually there's probably little bits of all of them where I can put together and 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 come to a similar conclusion where I can wake up Mm -hmm. every day I think the one thing I you know I do struggle with is that if you, if, you go, if you go down that route and you're nitpicking from lots of different things, when you have a fundamental yeah. question, you don't really yes. know where to look. Whereas I yeah. think what's really helpful like from, from your perspective as well is that you, there is a well-trodden path and I assume some very interesting um, um, experienced mentors who can really guide you through that process
1: absolutely yeah um and i think and i think again it's being around the right people that put you in a safe enough place and are in a safe enough relationship with you to let you have those deep questions and and whatever faith you're discovering like make sure you're really you're really asking those hard questions and you're not just following it out of religion and it's it's yeah i see it a lot in christianity it's like are you actually in this relationship with god or are you just kind of stepping into religion because you were brought up in religion and i think um, yeah, like you say, faith has a massive impact on our emotional and mental health. Like, I really believe God cares about our heart; He created it. So, I think to not care about your heart is kind of dishonouring to God, really, as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think absolutely, just get in a place if you've not discovered faith before. Like, ask those questions and ask if there's anything bigger out there than yourself and the people around you. Like, I think I think humans are the most incredible. This is why I'm so interested in kind of um, emotional health and and mental health and wellness. Like I think we're the most incredible humans ever, like species, just what we can do, what we can achieve um, when we come together and when we collaborate together. And like I say, when we have conversations and our minds and our hearts connect, it's incredible. Like it's literally incredible. And, the, and, and we are what's gonna heal mental health. Like I genuinely believe that. Like I genuinely believe the biggest healer of mental health is human connection. Like, yes, I believe in therapy. I have therapy. Yes, I believe in medication. Um, like, I believe in all that stuff, but these kind of conversations can genuinely bring such healing when yeah. they're done safety, when they're done in kind of boundary conversations, like empathy is so powerful, compassion yeah. is so powerful, like all of these things, when we've when we've taught ourselves that we're rejectable or we're unlovable for so many years, when we've taught our mind that, But then we get told the opposite in a few years time it's so healing like it's so healing when you've believed a certain thing about yourself and then you can sit down and have a conversation where someone can tell you the opposite Mm. and validate your emotion validate that feeling of um feeling unlovable it's incredibly Mm. healing so i think we're amazing
0: yeah i agree with you but i think it's incredibly healing but also at the same time it can be incredibly confusing like often those thoughts and the, the kind of internal chatter has been created mm. during those kind of formative years you know when you're when you're at school 13 through 18 yeah. when you have these very you know experiences your brain changing a lot and also your mm. brain is solidifying into those kind of those kind of thought patterns which is going to take you on if you find mm. out mid-20s well, that actually what the assumptions that you had about life were, were incorrect whilst it's mm. great to think oh yeah well do you know what i was i am loved that's awesome yeah. but mm. it, then you've still got to stop that negative chatter yeah, and if that, you know, and, and, and from your perspective, like you, you know, I, you, you, you very openly talked about your lack of confidence when you were younger, mm. like that, would, I assume would be associated with some, some stuff that you're telling yourself.
1: Mm.
0: How did that change? Like, how did your internal monologue change or, or did mm. it change? Or do you still have those doubts, but you can actually just say, don't you, no, actually, I don't believe mm. you anymore or I don't believe that yeah. side of my thoughts anymore?
1: Yeah, um, well, yeah, it's definitely not a quick process and that's and like what you were just saying like a lot of the formative like formative years are so vital and, and like pivotal in our lives because well that's why they're called formative years like for, uh, thoughts are formed and feelings are for, formed and certain um circumstances that we go through or events that we go through can um really have like a trauma on our mind and our heart and our belief system so yeah 10 years down the line time hasn't healed like time doesn't heal (laughs) like it genuinely doesn't it helps a little bit but that trauma is never going to go away and in 10 years time you're going to get triggered it's going to take you back to that trauma and you're going to act out of your child self and that's kind of what happens to me when I come back to Cornwall (laughs) Um, because I'm around my family like I'm around familiar smells sights feelings like all those things that trigger certain responses from my childhood. So this is why therapy is really important because actually sometimes we need to go back to pain points and we can't always do that with our friends. Um, We need to do it in like a boundary setting um, of therapy. Um, So going back to those thoughts and going back to those feelings, going back to those traumas and actually rewiring your mind um, I've totally forgotten what your question was. I when no, I top say, no, no, but I think <laughs> it's, it's a perfect tangent
0: because, like you said, it's revalidating those assumptions. It's like your childlike self would yes. have formed some assumptions during that time. Yes. But actually, going back to those assumptions and challenging them because, mm. because you know, your 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 memory is is isn't. You know isn't infallible like your memory is is manipulative in some respects can Mm -hmm. you trust it and going back and speaking to certain people and addressing these conversations like you said in a boundaried environment Mm -hmm. but also Mm -hmm. speaking to the people who were involved at the time your parents your friends your siblings whoever they were like You know actually your perceptions of that situation might have been completely wrong however yeah. that doesn't mean that that would have had a traumatic effect yeah. over a period you know over that period of your life so and i think the you know, the question i was you know asking was around that kind of mm. that process how did that kind of internal chatter um yes. or maybe negativity change into something that's a little bit more constructive
1: and positive for you yeah yes good um thanks for clarifying that so it's Definitely like self compassion is probably one of the greatest tools and gifts I would teach people. Like, really get to know and look up and read about and practice self compassion because what needs to happen. So, when I go back to like little John, for example, when he was 12, 13, 14, trying his best, I'm good also old, one of five. Good father, old little like, John, good old little John. I know, let's get little John, John. out. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm one of five, so I was the middle child. So I had two elder siblings, yeah. and they just seemed to like always pass their driving tests first. They would yeah. be sports captain; their their team would win at school, and I would always not quite. I would win, but not quite enough. So mm. I passed not the first time my my driving second time. And I was captain, but my team didn't win that year. And there was so many and my GCSEs like I did okay, but not great. Um, so there was always things that were like. Telling me at that moment that I wasn't quite enough, I wasn't quite good enough. Like, you were okay, but you weren't quite good enough. So, I think what I learned back then was that like, I taught myself at that age that, John, you're never quite going to be good enough. Like, you'll be able to show up a bit, but you're never going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, So, that was something I taught myself. And I also kind of taught myself that I was the class clown. Like, I love to make people laugh. I only really, that was something I could thrive at at college and school. So, I did thrive at that. I was like, I'm going to make this whole class laugh all day. Mm but that really just kicked out of college because of that reason. And mm. yeah, so I, I was forming these views and opinions and teaching my mind who I wasn't basically who mm. I thought I was, but I wasn't. So 10 years down the line, I was still believing those things. So that's why I took a big chunk of time out. That's why I went to America for three years. Like I was out there not having a holiday in the sun. I was out there dealing with a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and a lot of things that I didn't believe about myself or did believe about myself that I needed to rewire. Mm
0: and what's the what's the reaction been when you came back and you inserted yourself back into your you know your your family setting your friends setting like i assume they noticed a change
1: <laughs> i'd um, love to say I i'd did love it. to say that <laughs> well like yes they did but you think it, yeah it's a really interesting It's a very interesting thing to go through such a change and then see everyone else's reaction because Mm. they haven't been there with you. They haven't seen you gradually change. They've seen you quite dramatically change. So or they've not acknowledged that you've changed, which is probably the hardest part. And they treat you like you're the same. So that Mm. was actually quite hard. I came back to my kind of friendship group, for example, and it felt like I was still treated the same which was incredibly triggering as well for some reason i don't know whether i've really explored why that was but it was really really hard to come back probably because i had poured my heart out and been so vulnerable for like three years growing and then it's not recognized when you come back yeah so but that's not their fault that's no that's nobody's fault that's just the realities of life they're not watching you grow and change and work through all of this pain they're just oh this is this is john he's still john but they but there is the there is the noticing of it but I don't think people have the language for it and I don't think it's the normal thing to do like I don't I don't see all of my friends going on a, such an intense journey like I think everyone grows to a certain extent but I think I've chosen kind of like I live to self-growth because I'm wanting this for other people mm. so I think I've kind of quite intensely made sure that I really really go after this stuff because I want to help other people go through this stuff so I've probably dived in a lot more than other people might yeah
0: but I think but I mean that, that I mean but having done that I mean I, I, I and I know the answer to this do you regret it
1: no, I, I so. like I'm so grateful I'm like gosh I don't know what I would be if I didn't do that
0: yeah well and and that's it that's it like what you, mm. that process you've gone through and I think that's that, that's the best way to describe it I was talking to someone recently it's a process this whole thing is a process it's a journey like you know it's and it's never finished like you said like mm. you, you 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 you've been on a you know three what sounds like a three years quite intense personal development yeah. that might have hopefully thought fa- you know like you said fast-tracked and mm. catalyzed some change but you know like we all go through these life transitions like you said this pandemic has brought you back to cornwall where there's mm-hmm. a lot of triggers so actually like that wasn't expected for, for you i assume you i assume you're you know c- coming back to Cornwall will be limited to to kind of holidays maybe christmas where you yeah. where you can manage it in your head whereas now like you said it's great to be there but at the same time it's a place where you need to deal with stuff that goes, you know the associated things that 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 call that cornwall or or another geographical place provides you as well yeah um yeah and yeah it's i i, I can imagine it's it, it's very tricky at the moment like and it's interesting you're talking about um you're talking about therapy um we'd be interested to hear your your experience not necessarily on therapy but you know we mm. we, we i talked to a lot of people who are who've been who've Who've, 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 who've been through a whole you know the whole spectrum of, of, of mental health services uh some from you know from l- lighter talking therapies to some much more intensive kind of electrotherapies mm. um what do you what have you found that's worked what have you found that hasn't worked for you um and i would be really interested to understand the kind of your kind of everyday routine your tools your tips mm. your techniques that you know someone mm. who might be wanting to go through that journey but hasn't quite made that that kind of commitment because it is a commitment to yourself it's hard work what could they start to do to maybe gain a little bit more awareness of themselves
1: yeah yeah that's good well I think and I said earlier great was self-compassion another great tool is like growing in self-awareness and growing in Just being present and connected to oneself, basically. So what I mean by that is like connected to your heart. Like our heart is constantly trying to communicate with us and constantly trying to speak to us. And something I used to do all the time was completely ignore what my heart was saying. So if someone asked me to do something, my heart would say no, but my mouth would say yes. I'd be like, yeah, sure, I can do that for you. No problem. It's going to completely inconvenience. I wouldn't say this out loud, but my heart would be like, this is going to completely inconvenience you. You're going to be knackered after this. You're going to be so drained. You're going to resent this person. But yeah, yeah, sure. I'll give you a lift two hours to the airport yeah. when I haven't got time. Um yeah so i think and you know all those things and it just bleeds that frustration doesn't it absolutely yeah so it's like a constant self-portrayal of yourself Mm. basically so i think i think growing self-awareness because the more aware you can become of yourself like the more you know when you need to when you're operating out of your kind of healthy self and your kind of dysfunctional self because the reality is like we all have areas of brokenness like it doesn't mean we are broken like i try and tell people they're not broken but we've all got like places to grow in but there's areas of brokenness that do need other people and do need healing. And that's OK. Like, we're always going to be imperfect. Like, that's why I show off a lot of my imperfections. I don't try and hide my imperfections. I'm like mm. kind of almost proud to show them off because it's exhausting trying to be perfect. That's the area of Instagram I really don't like. Is kind of like the filtered life of Instagram. Like, look how great my life is. It's not. We all know it's not. Mm. Let's not pretend it is. Um, so I yeah, think we with still, the versus-
0: we still believe it
1: still but i know it's a weird one isn't it
0: like it's still you still look at the thing you're like your life is not that's not right obviously that's not your life but we still look at
1: it yeah and i think again that's the power of our mind like we're yeah actually off instagram at the moment i just deleted the app yesterday just just a few days i don't know how long just i don't know yet sometimes i want to just come off of it and i need to just reconnect to myself and re establish why i'm on there and what i'm bringing to people Like, is what i'm bringing helpful or am i or am i feeding that comparison um so trying to be as authentic as we possibly can especially on instagram but i think it's because of our mind our mind sees something and it sees it as fact rather than um this the kind of filtered life yeah well said Mm. Um, so, with regards to your question, like th- I think therapy, particularly, it depends what kind of. So, I've done a lot of kind of talking. I'm a verbal processor, as you can probably tell from how I'm answering these questions. Like, I love just like verbally spilling out my heart, basically. Like, ask me a great question and I'll let you know how I'm feeling mm. um, verbally. Like, I can't, I'm not very good at internally processing, like, I'm better at verbally. So, I think for me, talking therapy was really helpful. And I was able to talk about what was going on in my present life. The type of therapy I'm going to go into is psychodynamic therapy, which much more taps into your subconscious, because I think for me, like I've done a lot of work on what I'm aware of, like I'm aware of how I'm operating dysfunctionally. I'm aware of my kind of conscious thoughts. I'm aware of my circumstances, what's happened around me. But I think for me, I'm wanting to go through something a bit deeper and tap into my subconscious because so much of what we do every day is completely subconscious. And we're stuck in this area of um we're kind of like trapped just you know when people have got annoying habits and they can't actually see them it's like this yeah. is because they're doing it all out of there and often yeah. i get really triggered around my dad for example because it's like oh my days if only you knew what you were doing um but then you can look straight back at this and be like well john you're doing exactly the same thing so for me it's like i know there's things that i'm doing in my subconscious that i don't want to do anymore but i'm not aware of so um psychodynamic therapy is good for that because they kind of analyze you it's a long kind of um boundary therapy that goes on for sometimes up to two years Mm. um and it's kind of week by week um so i'm kind of looking forward to delving a bit deeper but it depends what you're wanting to work through to be honest like some people do cognitive behavioral therapy which is much more your thought patterns and like changing those negative thought patterns and working on that there's loads of help out there i would just say like don't over overthink it and just everyone needs therapy literally i wish everyone was in it it would, it would be a much better place if everyone was in therapy and i wish i got it 10 years ago honestly mm. but also at the same time
0: like you know <clears> a <throat> lot of chats we have on here is that you know whilst yeah, whilst i agree that you know, a lot of people should go through those talking therapies like mm. often it is a it is you know, unless you're going let's say on the health service nhs it is a privileged position to be in because frankly yeah. you know it's 100 yeah. quid an hour that's expensive yeah. right and i know that's there true. are there are alternatives yeah. um and i i personally would look at it as an investment in yourself yeah so absolutely. if you are earning you know if you are earning you know um money that, that even if it's not good money mm. actually you know putting you know you know cutting 10 pints on a weekend to three pints and using that money yeah. to save up to spend maybe on a once a month kind of like self, dis, you know, self-discovery personal learning might be a good use of Mm -hmm. might be a good use of funds but Mm -hmm. like you said you've got to really want it and one thing that's really clear from your perspective is that you really want it like Mm -hmm. this is for you it's like it's 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 not an option it's like Mm -hmm. this is the journey that i'm going to take this is Mm -hmm. this is how i want to be this you know and it's also it's it's how i want to spend my money as well and i do think that who people are you can often tell by how they spend their money um You can you can see those bad habits because all spending money is an extension of your thoughts anyway. You know yeah. your needs, mm-hmm. desires, behaviors, needs, wants, and from you know from your perspective, like to see that in a in a person, I think is inspirational. and hugely yeah. encouraging that you're deciding to you know to like you said put your money where your mouth is yeah. <laughs> and go and you go inside and and and, and generate that form of self awareness. Now, mm. looking like money aside, like especially like for, for like therapy and stuff, when what do you do on a day-to-day basis that you know perhaps other people would would, would find kind of accessible at the same time mm-hmm. like what is your process um your, your kind of day you know day-to-day routine to make sure that your emotional mental health is kept is kept kept in check
1: mm. so one of the things i've realized like lately is busyness is such a um like blockage for connecting to ourselves so what i because what i was realizing is like as soon as you wake as soon as i was waking up i was straight on my phone and then from that moment until bedtime i was on my phone by the time i went to bed but all in between completely busy like you busy yourself all day every day like literally unless unless you're really strict and you take out a lunchtime where you're not busy in yourself Mm -hmm. um you're literally on the go the whole time you're finding something for your brain to do you're finding something for your mind to focus on you're finding something for your eyes to focus on like you're constantly thinking how do i busy myself today so my i mean it's changed slightly now that i'm in cornwall but i was when i was because i'm down here for an extended i don't know how long i'm down here for a lockdown i guess and then i'll go back home but when i was back home i was very much taking time out in my mornings Um, and I was basically it was really weird for me I'm such an extrovert as well and I'm such a doer but I was basically like challenging myself just to sit there in the kitchen look out the window Mm. with a cup of tea just for 15 minutes and do like nothing just be in your head like just be in your head and check in with yourself so it was kind of my morning check-in it was like morning John how are you doing how's your heart doing what do you need today what don't you need today how can you take care of yourself today like yourself up for success so I think doing a morning check in like ideally in the morning check in helpful um, I'm pretty good at, like knowing what I feel now but if you're not there's something called the feelings wheel that I still use sometimes so you've probably heard of it it's uh, it's like a dartboard shape feelings wheel with loads of different feelings on it and you can kind of check in with how you're feeling basically so if you don't know how you're feeling um, because we didn't get taught this at school did we so we've had to learn it ourselves like yeah go and like check out the feelings we're on Google and you basically just check in. Like, are you feeling isolated? Are you feeling confused? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling happy? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling angry, frustrated? Like, what is it that you're feeling? Yeah. So I would encourage people to check in every day. Like every day, how are you actually feeling? Yeah. And I do multiple check-ins a day. Like I would do constantly asking myself how I'm doing because I need to know I need to know if I'm feeling angry I probably don't want to be around a load of people because I might lash out with them or if I'm feeling sad I need to acknowledge those feelings so it's giving yourself time every day to check in with how you're feeling and to actually acknowledge those emotions that are coming up
0: yeah and I think like when you when you start that process you know giving yourself maybe 10-15 minutes is tricky like you know, and perhaps you might need a little bit yeah, of a nudge you know a lot of people go and do some meditations and mindfulness just to help them to quieten their mind yeah. but once you're able to do mm-hmm. that like you said that kind of period that kind of you know check-in or self self-reflection every day is really important yeah. do it at the beginning of your day check in how you're yeah. doing what you need today then give yourself what you need then check at, almost at the end of the day as well and say look how mm-hmm. did that day go compared to what you thought it was yeah, going yeah. to be and actually like you said bringing some self compassion and so you mm-hmm. know self-awareness say so actually yeah Today's been a good day. Despite it with, you know, being a pandemic and a lockdown. Today's been yeah. in the grand scheme of things, today's been okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a really nice visual that um, that feeling swell. And for people who don't know, and, and please say if I've got this wrong, John, you've got this kind of core set of feelings right at the mm-hmm. in the center. And yeah. then what it does is that every layer. Of this kind yeah. of this um, of this uh, of this circle uh, break down yeah. into kind of more uh, feelings that you would be able maybe to kind of um, um, label yeah. yourself and I think labeling your feelings is really important and actually to be honest I could probably you know looking at that wheel I've seen that wheel recently there's probably about a mm. hundred emotions around, so the, many. Yeah. around the outside I could not I, I could probably tell you 10
1: yeah
0: and actually let, being able to That's label and understand that a bit better mm-hmm. I think is really important and therefore you know that okay I'm this is how I'm feeling at the moment okay I've got I've got I think I've got I know how I can maybe serve that emotion validate it and hopefully make myself if it's negative feel a bit more positive
1: yeah absolutely and I think it's giving yourself the chance to clarify what you're feeling because like you say we don't always have the language we always just think am I happy or am I sad like those are the two things am I happy sad if I'm sad that's not good if I'm happy it's good it's like no there's so many different feelings Mm. and and actually it's it's less overwhelming because what we do with the busy what we do what we're doing in our busyness is numbing we're literally numbing pain we're numbing our feelings we're numbing our emotions we're not wanting to connect with how we're feeling because a lot of us are running away from our pain we're running away from emotional trauma we're running away from childhood trauma we're running away from current trauma current pain we're so good at avoiding pain and i think and i haven't talked about this yet but pain is actually a huge part of my journey it's like that I've had to address areas of pain in my life like it was painful to have no confidence it was painful to not feel enough it was painful to always feel second best it was painful to be the class clown Like all these areas of my life were painful so normally you don't want pain in your life you run away from it but what I've learned is there's actually so much joy in working through your pain like to me now pain isn't that scary like emotional pain it's like when it comes up it's horrible I don't like it I don't enjoy it but What I've learned is you walk through that pain with your community, with your family, with God, with whoever, and then you walk out the other end and there's joy on the other side of it and there's growth side of it. So I think in our life, our jobs, our families, our careers, whatever, it's just an avoidance of pain. And that's why it's important to stop. Is your heart telling yourself that you're in pain right now? Do you need to sit in that sadness? Do you need to sit in that grief? Do you need to sit in that loneliness and that isolation? And with the negative feelings, like, it's not about necessarily trying to turn them into positive it's about sitting in it long enough to acknowledge that it's real and to acknowledge that it's valid like negative emotions are actually totally okay and normal to feel often that like, we need to flip them and i've always felt like this i've always felt like if i'm feeling sad i need to try and make myself happy and it's like yes to a, to a certain extent but that sadness is an indicator to how you're feeling and what you need so mm-hmm. it's really just getting okay to sit in negative emotions positive emotions and acknowledge that they're there <clears throat>
0: and, and i think you like you raised that good but point the feeling
1: was very helpful <laughs> yeah I, I agree and i think
0: you raised a really good point about about like, what you need like if you're able to articulate like, how you're feeling and therefore what you need mm. then you know it, it, it becomes much more straightforward you go out and give your body or mind what it needs and that might be a rest mm. it might be more and i think what you said earlier about uh, you know us keeping ourselves busy 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 like you know you know yes it turns into a habit but at the you know at the outset is that busyness you know do you fill your life with lots of stuff which is you know maybe a little bit more you know meaningless because Mm. you are in pain and you don't really want to acknowledge it you don't want to acknowledge these feelings so you're busy 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 until you're so tired you go to sleep and then you you wake up and do the same but I think my my challenge my question to everyone out there is like you know is that good enough is that you know is that the life Mm. you want um and if it is fine that's fine, yeah, yeah. but you know, if if it's not, then you know, I think like like John, like you know, I think you know, everyone listening, you know, how you how you know, what I'm listening to when I hear John speak is someone who 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 can speak from his heart out. In a truly authentic way, like he can articulate that, and I think it's powerful and it's engaging. And you know, if you if you do want to, you know, go through that process, you can, you know, you can take it from from John but it's worth it. Like mm. it's long, it's painful, and it's it's never ending. You know, I'm sure you'll get. You know, like you said, hopefully in sixty years, John, and you'll get to your deathbed, and you you'll probably still be going on that journey, but it will be a yeah. worth, worth, worthwhile journey at that point.
1: Yeah. I hope so I do hope so (laughs) but no it will and this is what I always say to people I'm like you actually don't have to go on this journey like you will get through life without it I just don't know how fulfilled you will feel and I don't know how connected to people you feel you will feel and I don't know how the people around you will feel like another reason I do this is because I want people around me to feel connected to me I want them to feel loved by me I want me to be able to impact their life in a emotional way And the only reason I'm going to be able to do that is if I'm coming from a healthy place, like hurt people really, really hurt people. And I've been really hurt by people and it's horrible and I've probably hurt people, but healthy people and healed people can heal people. So I think for me, I'm trying to be one of those people that can help yeah, bring healing bring love, bring restoration to people's lives and actually teach people that we can live a connected life. We don't have to live this busy disconnected life because actually we are very once. And this gift that we get to connect with one another so but we can't just like like we said at the start we can't just be that leaf in the wind like you've got to be that firm like family planted tree that's got roots that's got this, like weathered storms that's like been battered but it's still standing um where people come and like shelter so yeah i think it's it's worth the journey of like self-discovery and healing is so worth it and I yeah I really wouldn't change it and I'm going to continue on this journey especially while I'm teaching it I think it's more important than ever to still be on that journey while you're teaching it like I don't teach this because I've arrived or I've made it Mm. I teach it because I'm passionate about it and I want to keep talking about it because these kind of conversations are a part of my journey as well so Mm. and yeah yeah.
0: and to George John your passion radiates off you um, thank you. You, you get everything you say and, and you know and i just want to thank you for like for for a, not only a fascinating insightful conversation but just mm. for being so honest at the same time like it it is it's it's inspirational to hear hear, mm. your, hear your journey what you've gone through and also how you articulate it it's so clear um and it's you know it's it's very clear from my point of view that it's so obvious this is the journey that i do think that everyone will benefit from and i think like yeah. you said like you know i think people you people realize they've got one life but they don't really realize they have got one life like and i think you know depending on how you look at it i think there's something like you know between like 27 and 35000 days in your life depending on how long you live and yeah. if you think that the first 5 and the last 5 aren't particularly great it's not that's, that's not many left so absolutely you know and what's the point of living living 10 10 years in the dark you know frankly in the dark and busying yourself mm-hmm. and not knowing what you want to do like because at the end of the day you know that end will come and you want to you know be on that deathbed and going yeah do you know what i i i have had a fulfilled life and i think Mm. if we could all get to the end saying i've had a fulfilled life and i've i've connected with and i supported other people through that journey like you know frankly i think if everyone in the world did i think the world would be in a much better shape
1: (laughs) absolutely absolutely no i completely agree
0: john well thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: And thank you to everyone listening. You can subscribe to us on most major podcast platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Just search for Psychic Community or Psychic Stories and we'll pop up. And please do give us a rating if you like the show. And do check out our free Psychic app for iPhone and iPad, a collection of interactive exercises, tools and tips to help boost your mental well-being. The app enables you to build a personalised well-being toolkit to help you deal with life's ups and downs. Just go to our website www.sidekick.org.uk and click the Download Now button in the header to take you to the App Store. John, thanks so thanks so much again.
1: Thank you.